This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 9, State of the Imperium. Uh, welcome. We This is episode 9 of the Traxxas Sector Warcast. Uh, I am Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. Um, and what are we, so what are we doing this episode, John? After a couple of delays caused by our day jobs and sickness, we're back on the black ship. In our How to Beat Him segment, we're going to wrap up the Corset Warlords with Shadowson. We'll share our thoughts on Kotez and Zogward, as well as the state of the game heading into the final war pack of this cycle. We'll also talk about our conquest play at the Conclave of Gamers. And, as we idiots three keep reading and discovering the 40k universe, we detail our excitement and findings. Lastly, we also ask you, our listeners, for aid. All right, so we had, we've had a couple things. First of all, uh, there's been a significant delay between episodes 8 and 9, thanks to, uh, what, the first time it was John feeling ill. Oh, yeah. And then it was the next, the next was my work uh, load has increased over the course of the last few weeks. And, Glee- uh, Gleeful so. Plague Beast had a, had a field day with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So the Gleeful Plague Beast, you kept trying to enter combat with it. And it kept <laughs> oh, sick. boy, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've been you you made that uh, you made that you made that joke a long that morning you're like the gleeful plague beast is having a with me or something like that I don't I don't want to know details there's a there's a very very old games workshop joke having been in the company of uh, making an offering to Nurgle and I'll move on from there <laughs> that's awesome making an offering to, to Nurgle, Nurgle. yeah I don't even want to think about what that entails um, okay so so but it's been a while since we've been together but uh so we had the conclave of gamers mm-hmm. which we had uh, a small but fun league there were i think uh four or five players in the, in the league uh some total mm-hmm. um carl you and i played a couple times uh, i played a gentleman by the name of david uh and i've i've learned that and and i've played a few games uh online on octagon and i've learned that poor old torquemada we talked about him a lot. I was excited about him, but I, I've played four or five games with him, and and all but one have been against Chaos. And I won the one game against Chaos that I wasn't played against Chaos, and then I promptly lost the rest <laughs> because it just Chaos just seems to wipe Cortez up. But that's just my that was my deck experience. You, you guys hitting um, Zarathir or um, Kurga mostly? <clears throat> I think actually. Two and two. Oh, really? The four oh, games, both it's both been two and two, and it's just, okay. oh yeah, it's just been harsh. <laughs> is, it, is it the Warp Storm that hits because of the, the smaller health units? for Yeah, the, the Warp Storm hit in the game against, the one that I remember the most, the latest one, was against David at the Conclave, which was last week, and um, he had three consecutive turns of well, Warp Storming my HQ after I had sacked somebody to the black ship, getting Guardsmen, winning that combat, and everybody comes back, yeah. and then... Poof. Combat, you know, warp storm, and I'm like, oh, so like he's the machine, your board for he's you. just resetting the board. Like I, I, every turn, I would start with Torquemada and HQ, and then one or two other units on other planets, and nobody else, and that was it. And meanwhile, he has, he has three or four units out, and he didn't have a lot, but he, and then I, and then I managed to do some. He he had a little bit of card draw advantage over me, but I managed to. But what what it really was was shield. That little bit of card draw was a shield. Um, I did, I told you on the way over, I, uh, Cotez had taken eight, done eight damage to Zarathur over the course of four attacks, because I had the eagle, so four attacks over two turns, and he had shielded, 
six of it. And I was just like... On Zarathur? On Zarathur. He just using he was using his so, you know warp inches, warp so storms keep Warp Storm Zinch's Flames. Jeez. Well Zinch's Firestorm twice. Yeah, that's, I mean against right? Tokamada, that's a big use. Like, yeah. Oh my god, I can't <laughs> kill him. It was so su- it sucked. Well no, I guess not well it must have been six. Because I only managed to do two. He did five to himself with Orc Cannon and other things, but woof. It was rough. So I, I'm not I'm not really high on Turkamada, I gotta say, but it was Good to hear that your experience. Yeah, was I was about to say my tournament. experience was different. We in our latest tournament, I, I took Torquemada and I won. Eventually, we had to cool. we had the time yeah. right now. So. <laughs> yeah, Carl, it was it was awesome. Carl and I matched up for the final match, and and he beat me. But then our records were the same, so we had to have the grudge match, and uh, and I think you know it, it it went the distance. We went to Planet Seven. So what? Uh, and what were you playing? I was doing Zarathur. You were doing Zarathur, okay. So that was I. I built it the Thursday before and was just messing around. A bunch of um, guys um, from my regular playing group had picked some conquests over the last week or two, so they were just throwing things together. And I, Excellent. I'd, I'd given on sheet to one of the guys, and he had pounded the crap out of me in my own deck. So cool. So I built something else, and then I just gone. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the whole like and make three full decks bit. So I built Zarathur on the spot. Um, tested it on Thursday, changed it completely, and turned up to a totally <laughs> brand new. <laughs> so built it, built it on the spot, played it, yeah. changed it completely. Yeah. The, like, no, 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 that's going out. Income, income of the orcs, basically. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think whilst um, whilst obviously it was Nurgling bombs and gleeful plague beasts and vicious blood letters, I think you were most upset by snake bites and evil sons bikers. Well, which guys? Th- that, well, the, fantastic. That, yeah, the, the, that first first game because you know the thing with Astro Militarum. I've got you've got I've got low cost units, but they're low health, and it's to get those. Whether you're playing Cotez or you're playing Strachan, you know you're playing those first low cost units to get the planets out there. Well, all of a sudden, if your one twos or your two twos are going up against uh, two, the play, uh, three fours for the snake bite, or two twos for the war sun yeah. bikers, and if you're going to take your warlord there, all of a sudden they're four twos. Yeah, it it it, it threw a wrench in my plans real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, the the conclave was really exciting. I played, uh, I played Dead of Winter for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ended up buying it the following week because it, it was available. At time well spent. They got a shipment of six in, and I got the fifth <laughs> of six. I'm, I'm going to do a very quick plug here. We have a copy on the wall in the library. Yeah, it it's excellent. been so hard to come by. The guy went, you know what? Forget it. We'll put one on the wall so people can at least play the damn thing. Yeah, it's so yeah. Rare, so. It's really fun. I played. I didn't get a chance to play XCOM, but I played. Uh, what did I? I, I now, of course, my mind is leaving me, right? I, I, I played arrived. Conquest. I played Netrunner. Yeah. I played four or five, maybe six games of Conquest. Got my butt whooped. All but one game. Um, I played eight or ten games of Netrunner. Uh, there's, we, we met up with a lot of folks. So, yeah, it was, it was a blast. We played a lot of board games. We learned the rules. I learned the rules to Splendor, which mm-hmm. I own. And uh, learned the rules a little too late, uh, right before the guy was. I think I was playing with you, right, yeah, Carl? So, <laughs> me, Carl, and two other guys were playing, and we realized the turn before the guy wins, how you win. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we got that wrong. Okay. <laughs> a, very, a, a very nice and polite gentleman who declined to mention how the game was working. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I thought that's what you were doing. And we were just, we were, the way it was playing out. Yeah. It was just coincidental that we weren't doing one particular thing, yeah. which gave him the impression that, oh, you we guys mean, know we, what you're doing. Yeah, you're not doing that because it's not good right now. Yeah, yeah. No, we just weren't doing no, it. No, we were just weren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little bit hard to learn. 
Uh, anyways, so in a transition, as bad as Torquemada has been <laughs> for me, I've been playing Shadow Sun um, as a warlord, and he has been amazing. I lost one game to David on a on a uh, at the conclave because of a mistake on my part. I should have sent my warlord. Uh, it was the winning planet for both of us. I should have sent my warlord. My warlord was alone. I should have sent him to planet two instead of planet one to avoid a warlord kill. Um, but had I and I didn't realize that I was I was obsessed. So I got that you know that I'm gonna kill you and and he had he had the initiative so he had two hits and he got my warlord. But with the exception of that mistake. Uh, my Shadow Sun deck has actually been four is now four and one, and mm -hmm. it's all revolves around getting that heavy, uh, heavy marker drone. drone man, heavy marker drone is the savior for really turn Shadow Sun on. So how do we beat Shadow Sun? Right, Shadow Sun is the Tau commander. He's the first one. On she has gotten a lot of play, obviously, um, but Shadow Sun with more attachments every day. And more coming in the Descendants of Isha pack. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't remember exactly what the Tau attachment is, but it was supposed to be pretty pretty significant as well. After this Warlord commits to a planet, put a Tau attachment with printed cost 2 or lower, or Shadow Sun Stealth Cadre in your hand, from your hand, or discard pile into play attached to an Eldril unit at this planet. And it's the discard pile that really turns on the uh, Heavy mm -hmm. Marker Drone. You, you, you get that heavy marker drone, you play it on somebody, whether you're playing it with Shadow Sun's ability or beforehand, you kill that guy, it goes back to your discard pile the very next turn. It doesn't matter if you have an attachment in your hand, because that heavy marker drone is going back out. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy card. And it's this recycling of that, heavy, that single heavy marker drone card. You're like, yeah, let's put it on somebody that's going to die. You, die. you kill him, and it goes back next turn. And there's, it's, pretty, it's pretty insane. It's pretty amazing. But so how do we beat him? How do you beat him, right? Yeah. So his his uh, his signature unit is Shadow Sun Stealth Cadre, which is a two-cost army, two-two, one arm, one icon, and it may enter text. It may interplay as an attachment with the text attached to a non-vehicle army unit, and the attached unit gets plus two attack and plus two hit points. That's his signature unit. Because um, I can't sit her all, all episode. Shadow Sun's yeah. a she. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know. Everyone's I know. doing it. You've told me before. I know I have, and I'm some side going. I can't <laughs> quite register that. It is. I know she's just, she just look, so alien. She doesn't look particularly female. It's I know, a female, but there you go. right? It's a <laughs> but, yeah, female, female. Yeah. right? Um, GW's equality push. So. so then we have communications relay, which is the signature support. Oh, yeah. When your opponent triggers an ability that targets a unit you control with one or more attachments, exhaust this support to cancel its effects. That can be very useful, especially against an event-heavy deck uh, like a Dark Eldar, right? Um, especially with the Dark Eldar Even guys coming out. Chaos to a certain yeah, extent. Chaos to a certain extent, exactly. Zinch's Firestorm. Yeah, Rakaf and Zarathur both will hate that into nothingness. Yeah. Um, Command Link Drone is the signature attachment. Um, attached unit gets plus one attack, but you can, as an action, pay one resource to attach this card to a different unit. So that Command Link Drone can jump around and really make your units at that one planet, or any planet for that matter, uh, uh, very uh, uh, powerful. And then um, the squadron redeployment, it's, I've, I really didn't like this card early on, I gotta, I gotta admit. Exhaust an army unit with one or more attachments, as an action, exhaust an army unit with one or more attachments to move it to a target planet, mm -hmm. right? So what 
I realized, so it's like, okay, you're exhausting and you didn't move to a target planet. That's no good, right? But if you can make it so your ion right, your 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 trailblazer with an ion rifle, or your a marksman who has ranged with an ion rifle to give him plus three attack, he he's done his work at the first planet, and he and maybe you finish your round, you've exhausted, you unexhaust, you ready everybody, and then they come back because they've won that combat. He's in an HQ now. Mm-hmm. He's un, he's ready. He's at HQ. You're having other combat. You have at least one other comp action phase. So even maybe you maybe that's the final plan. Maybe that's the final combat that you've just readied. You can exhaust play this, exhaust him, and move him over to the next planet. Yep, getting ready. Right for the next or com- more ready attack. For the next yeah, combat. yeah, ready for the next combat. Ready, sitting there. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can move him from round. HQ as well. So it yeah. really. It's well, and that, that's the thing I was looking at the command marker drone because it's a, when you said you know pay one and attach this card to a different unit. It doesn't have to be at the same planet, nope. right? Right. Yep. It doesn't have to be at the same planet. Just dance it around wherever you want. Yeah. This is this on she kind of um, exemplified this idea that Tau was now rebuilt on, which is they're maneuvering everything. They're moving things in odd ways. They're dancing around the table rather than the Eldar thing of like skipping adjacent and being <laughs> evasive. Tau are just redeploying to important places. That's kind of their deal, and that is for 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 um, for future play, you know, you've done one good round, like you're saying, you've got a nice big marksman with his rifle, you're moving for next round to somewhere that's going to be, oh, seriously, you've gone there. Right, and the you squadron know. redeployment is, is a timing. You have to get that timing right. Oh, yeah. Right? You, you, wanna, you want to send someone to a planet when they can't be hit, maybe right before a ready, maybe right before the end of a combat turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Or combat round, I guess. Right before the end of the combat round, you move somebody in. And you're like, oh, okay, here's my area effect guy. Poof, you know, we're gonna now we're, we're gonna ready everybody, and then we're gonna hit you with area effect. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a sensitive timing. You, you in order to really use the card right, you need to be aware of that all that timing. Um, and you know, to some extent, you're playing cards when you don't normally play them. Like mm-hmm. at the end of a combat round, I have an action. Oh, to move this guy over here who's not in combat over here to the combat, and then we're ready. So uh, that's where the for at least for me, that takes some practice. It puts me in mind of things like Infernal Gateway for Chaos um, staging ground. Is that kind of wait for it, wait for it exactly the mm-hmm. right moment to mm-hmm. where it comes? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. And like mm-hmm. you say, the, knowing the windows and who's got initiative is the the big one there. So how do you beat them? That's that's the question I've been asking myself. Am I? I, I don't know because the last the, the last few games I've had with him, um, unless there's a mistake on your opponent's part, like I made against David. Going to that first planet and offering them chance to, for the assassination, um, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm a little bit perplexed. Uh, well, so the thing about the Tau is that uh, they can hit hard, but they don't seem to have a lot of a lot of health, right? No, most they their, don't. Most they of their big bad units, uh, you're paying for attack. You're not paying for health. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I'm looking at my deck here, and it's got most of the guys have two. Uh, the Warlock Destructor, which I splashed from Eldar, has four, mm-hmm. um, but most of them have two. You're going to see that. And of course, there's the broadside, the six cost, yeah. three command icon, four six, soldier pilot elite, uh, who gets an area effect two while it has one or more attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, I never triggered him, by the way. No, but, uh, cool. no, no, no great I job, tried, but. I tried. But, but if you go into it, it's going to be in the Shadow Sun. It's so going to be in Shadow yeah, Sun. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, so, so it, almost, it almost sounds like if you have. Um, if you have an opportunity to do attacks like Warp Storm or Area Effects or... Uh, well, Warp Storm will help a little bit, but 
warp storm doesn't hit well two damage with it unattached with, uh, with right so so you're yeah, gonna, yeah, so okay. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to time the warp storm and especially ideally if they're bouncing their attachments around great okay let them bounce the attachments around then you hit them with warp storm because yeah, it is an action yeah. you can hit them in hq yeah yep. um I, i'm just saying you know to you're going to have to really pick your pick your spots it is not <coughs> playing against him I, I i don't see how if you're going to play a swarm deck like astro militarum or dark eldar where you're playing lots of little units you're probably going to have a harder time because um because of gun drones, really? Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, there's enough, they have enough area effect on their uh-huh. side that as soon as gun drones hits or you get an attachment on the, you know, on the broad side, you know, you have units now that can wipe, that can wipe, the, wipe the planet for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's almost, it's almost kind of like uh, if you're playing, it, it, it strikes me that... It's kind of the same strategy I'm going to use if I'm sitting across from a Ragnar player. I know that he's going to be coming at my warlord, so I'm going to have to pick my spots and be a sniper, right? Okay. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to have to use a little misdirection. I'm going to have to wait once, and when I have the opportunity to, when I see that window, I got to seize it because I may not get another one. Right. I get, so I get same thing with, you sorry, know, commander. I, I, <coughs> excuse me. I get what you're saying with the Ragnar comparison, with the, the idea of being that. Um, there's going to be critical units that you want to pick off wherever you can. Right. So you want to uh, want to not so much worry about winning a battle on one round, but avoid him setting up killer pieces. Like exactly. The, uh, like the drone setups on on the broadside, like the iron rifle marksman. That I can totally. Yeah. And and with, and with Ragnar, you're worried <coughs> about how he's setting things up prior to the combat, because then with Ragnar's ability and his wolf pack and being able to jump a planet, if you make a mistake, then all of a sudden they're right there with you. Right. With with Commander Shadow Sun. You have to look at okay, what am I doing in this battle? But if I if these units if her units survive, I'm going to be facing them at the next planet, not as exhausted coming with the coming with uh, the the warlord and get that free attack. You know, all of a sudden they've got tricks to get to deploy those units early and get that and be set up at the next planet waiting for you. Right, and I think so. I think I mean we talked about this like so. So in our how do how do you beat them for for um, Sicarius? We talked about. Like he's gonna get resources, right? Mm-hmm. So choke him out of cards when you can. Play, play a play a single command icon to make make that planet a push, so he gets denied two cards. And I think the same can be said for Shadow Sun. I think because she relies so much on attachments, if you can, you know, limit her card draw. Mm-hmm. Like you're always trying to limit card draw, but but. Well, the decisions really come, at least for me, really come when I say, okay, I can play this one command icon on your one command icon and make that planet a push. Or I can play it over here on an open planet and get a card myself. Yes, you get, you get your card and your, your resource, but I get my card and my resource and an extra card. So, but maybe I play, so that's always my decision. Do I make it a planet a push and choke us both out? Or do I put it over here and I get a one card advantage, but you get one card as well. I get maybe I get okay. two cards, but you get one card. No, so I agree. I agree with that. I, in that situation, push versus win. Right? In that situation, I would push. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah. You're talking about a somewhat combo warlord, and like you're saying, if if, if the combo is not set, then do your best to hold it off. It's, right. it's going to be in your advantage no matter what to say no. It's cool. I'll sit here and just use what I've got and <clears throat> make sure you don't get your big killer pieces. Right. You know, your even the odds, your drones and all that. Yeah, yeah. even even the odds is uh, a 
a go-to card. I mean, it's if if you need to expect that, you can't anticipate it, unfortunately. But um, so I'll, I'll and even the odds is a one-cost event where it's a tactic action move a target attachment to another eligible unit controlled by the same player. I have used this both offensively and defensively. It has been amazing when I have range stuff. Like I used it against you. Mm -hmm. You had my a Kotes deck. You had a Kotes deck with the honorifica Imperialis. Right. So the honorifica Imperialis give you range. Right? I'm sorry, my Strachan deck. Yeah, the ranged Strachan and Armorbane. Ranged and Armorbane. Mm -hmm. So I have I have initiative. We're in the range. So I play it. Play I attack with my range guy and you're like okay I'm going to attack with my range guy he's going to hit you for three armor bay in range and I went even the odds let's move that over to this guy way over on planet whatever. yeah another planet even. and I uh -huh. and I eradicated like I, I prevented you from even engaging in the range phase right and that's huge defense right huge defense um and well, I've used it offensively as well yeah being you know? able to disrupt your opponent's timing like that is oh. is Great, even and you used it even when you didn't have initiative and didn't have a range. I'm and I was looking at it, going, "Okay, great. Now I'll finally be able to kill that guy." You're like, yeah, move that over to the next <laughs> planet. And nobody had range. Like, yeah. Oh well. Okay. I can't kill his armor bane two guy now with the gun drones, or right. I think you had two gun drones on it, so you might. Have, oh, that's he, right. He was yeah. area yeah, effect yeah. four, so I could yeah. no longer kill him. Yeah. Before. Because I was only going to get one attack on it because we had to skip the range and you w and wipe the planet with him. Yeah. I think right now, between marker drones and gun drones, both of which are like everywhere and everything that can take them, and the, the huge amount of other attachments that are crazy powerful, if you can take even the odds, I think one or two of them is probably reasonable in most decks. Most oh, of them yeah, can take yeah. tower, tower, line. Well, there's, it's a yeah. single per core, right? So yeah. you're limited to how many cores you have. But if you have two, great. If you have three, put the third one in yeah, because you will almost it. always use it. It, yeah. There's, you know, the Tau don't typically have a problem with winning command and therefore having resources, right? Um, you know, I play, what else do I play in my, in my, so you got to be ready for Vasha Trailblazer. He's a mobile. I suggest you take him out quick. Oh, you got to take yeah. him out quick, right? He's the mobile 1-1. One, one. He moves all around. He moves out, out from and into combat as he prefers. But if you can take him out, take him out because he's a he's a command struggle winner, right? Right, and you That's would th and you would for. think normally like oh a one 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 unit I'm not going to worry too much about it because as soon as I catch him he's going to be dead. That's the problem is catching him. Yeah, and um, I mean and that was one of the things that when I built my Torquemada deck when we were talking about uh, choking out the warlords, I had sanction psychers and iron guard recruits solely to. Uh, cancel out other my opponent's commands. I was going to limit you to your four resources and your two cards. Yeah. And for the most part it really worked. Yeah. And then you know, little bit some void pirates who I, I've become a fan of not um, I've, I've become a fan of having every unit uh, have some kind of attack. Right? Okay. So if, if I'm at if if you're going to send your warlord there, and I've got a couple one ones that are that have used the command. You, you sent your warlord there. I at least want to punish you for it. Well, I can't do that with if I'm playing void pirates or I'm playing rogue traders. But you know, Astro Militarum has the Catacan outpost, mm -hmm. so you can give them plus two. Mm -hmm. But I um, I wanted I wanted to be able to cancel out my opponent's command, and the command I did win, I wanted to be able to get get bonus card draw. No, okay. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, no, I, I didn't play Rogue Pirates because it, it's like everything was everything was cheap. Um, 
and going to be even cheaper the way I built the deck because I was playing Muster the Guard, which is a wonderful card in, in Torquemada. Um, but uh, so I, I wanted to make sure that I was going to get card draw. I wanted to make sure that I did drew into my fun stuff and my opponent did yep. not. And, and now with, with the larger card universe, my deck part of my deck building is, okay, what do I, what is, what do I think is more urgent here? Is, is it more urgent that I have cards or is it more urgent that I have resources? And that will, that will dictate whether I put a, a Void Pirate or a Rogue Traders in. Yeah. And usually I have two or three, but I, I, I think I go with three, but I, my two-one mix, who's, who, what do I have two of and what do I have one mm-hmm. of? And it's my, you know, whatever I think. I'm, I'm, so in Shadow Sun, it'd be, it'd be Void Pirate because mm-hmm. I want the card. Mm-hmm. I'd yeah, much okay. rather prefer the card than the resource because the resource, I, if it's an attachment, if I have an Admush platform out, I don't need the one resource to play the attachment. It's yeah. cheap. Right? I think there's a reasonable argument for more cards in, in most of the deck builds I'm seeing these days. Most of them are based on, you've got lots of good stuff, let's just go find it. Let's go get it. You know? Yeah. yeah. yeah the vast majority of things I've seen. I mean, I've been converted over to using um, the Earthcast Technician. Originally, I hated it for the six dig, find something... Find, find six things you want and yeah, put five at the bottom. And but the combo pieces are so strong now. Yeah, yeah. and the Earthcast... Te- so, those, so those are some of the search cards, right? So the Earthcast Technician is obviously a Tau card. It can be used here. You have There are a lot of drones, a lot of attachments that you can be searching for. The one that I've seen whiff the most lately is the Ingenseer Augur, the Astra Militarum one, mm-hmm. where when he leaves play, you look at six cards and you get an Astra Militarum support that costs two or less and put it directly into play. Now, it's a powerful effect, but you're looking for a very specific card, and you need to have... You have to build your deck like that. Yeah, you have to build your deck around those, and holy moly, if you're whiffing on that, Mm -hmm. it means you're taking events, attachments, and units, and putting them on the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's a a six-staging ground, six-cut-chan outpost deck. That's, if you're not doing those, basically, those yeah, are three both, and three, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're the big guys. Yeah, I would three even. Three, sorry, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I love, I love my Astro Militarum. Maybe a Rock Creek. Bunker so in maybe, there, yeah. Yeah, so now yeah, all of a sudden, now, I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Inquisitional Fortress, Staging Ground, the the uh, Rock Creek Bunker, the Catachin Outpost. You start playing heavy support. I mean, like really heavy. Don't you don't you're not playing. Five supports in the deck. You're playing ten. You're playing twelve. You're playing three conscripts. Right. I don't know if there's a war if if that kind of deck supports either Cotes or Strachan because the conscripts are not and those are going to be the conscripts are going to be your heavy hitters because they're the they're four costs but they get plus two for every support, support you have in play. Yeah. So no, I th- I think I would actually I, so probably it, go with based on what you've told me about your about muster the guard or muster the guard. Yeah, muster yeah. the guard. It's Cortez. Yeah. Well, because he lowers the cost of all those. You get to play them. You get to play the supports, and um, you have a way. Bet- be- the henchmen have a way to untap Cortez if needed. Uh, that's that'd be my feeling because the, because you're right. The conscripts are not soldiers. They're not warriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't so help the Strachan doesn't get the way I, that doesn't give him a bonus. Yeah. The way I built my Cortez deck, I only had three supports. I I had Imperial Bunker and I had two Catachin outposts. Uh, so I didn't include the Augur at all. However, I did include the Inquisitional Acolyte because when I sacrifice him to Cotez to give him plus three, it lets me draw two cards when he yep. leaves play. Well, that's the plus also the black, I should say the black ship was in there as well, well you know, yeah, and you get your yeah, guardman. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I played I played 38 units in yeah, my Cotez yeah, yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was really, really, it was just... So, 
thing that I wanted to be able to play five or six units a turn, especially in the opening hand, and I did the whole time. Wow. You know, so, yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it worked, so that it worked extra, pretty well. So, you, so last we talked, we were talking about 8-8, eight, eight, right? Cotez is the 8-8. Eight, eight. Mm -hmm. So is that 8th card and that 8-3 source a big deal? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an Andy and Netrunner deal. It's the, I've drawn an 8-8 eight, eight piece of the rubbish. Cool. Complete mulligan. There we go. Yeah. It yeah. will turn up. I, I, it's, it's so okay. will turn up. In my, in my, yeah. I felt bad for Eric, one of my opponents, because the opening hand, I mustered the guard, exhausted Cotez, and I, then I proceeded to play out two, like two well, two Valkyries, a Psychic Warden, the Steel Legion Chimera, and uh, his henchmen out of my opening hand. So I had... Well, you, couldn't play, you couldn't play all that, but Yes, I yeah. could. Because the Valkyries were four cost. So most of the guard became three. They both dropped three. So they dropped yeah. six. Right. Cotez henchmen became one. I'm sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't a Steel Legion Chimera because those are three costs. There was another yeah. two costs I had. It was. Uh, it might have been two henchmen, or it might have been, but but I played out a henchman because then he went to the Cotez went to the first planet right. where he was going to sack and un, right. un, un, unexhaust him. Right. Uh, the psychic warden is zero cost right. to play anyway. Yeah. 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 Mystic warden. Yeah. yeah. So. Mystic warden. That's what Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean, it was. I mean, I had. It I had, was rough. Yeah. When I had commanded all. When I had commanded all five planets. Yeah. That's rough. Well, this is what I'm link, linking back into the thing about Shadows, and after I played yourself a bit um, at, um, at Conclave, um, and and since then I've seen this little bit of a couple of decks. Uh, I think Tokamata applies Tokamata as well. Right now I'm favoring, unless I've got a particular plan, you know, win those three planets, go, you know. Um, I'm tending to form little pockets of resistance because again, something like Shadow Sun. Shadow Sun turns up to a planet what is one big thing, no problem. Drone dead, whatever I've got, you, I'm going to get you. You're going to kill maybe one unit. I'm done. Turn up lots of smalls. We can AOE. So a little mixed um, fire teams, basically. I'm, I'm ta I'm, like with Zarafir, I'm dropping a flamer, a plague bearer, and something big to support them. If I can do that kind of thing at one or two planets, that becomes much harder to deal yeah. with. You know, you're going to get something eventually. You're either going to prep a planet for later, or that particular one is going to do enough damage before it goes to slow down that that roll. Because yeah. you're only you're only pulling a drone out a turn. If you've got a second one in hand, nothing I can do about that. But you're only getting one unit to go. Wham! It's kind of like on she. Where you go, I'm not going to worry about the shields half as much. I'm going to expect to lose something. Something big is going to get right. off the table. Right. And yeah. that I found because I, I mean, out, out uniting overall, yes, it still works just fine. But you don't want the Tokamada effect of ten things at one planet because that'll right. be a gun drone and some sort of some sort of good AOE, some sort of range trick. Yeah, little fire teams. I mean, and, and almost all the games I won as chaos was two or three units at almost every planet over time. Right. And by that, your, your opponent's like, crap, they're all awful little damage dealers, or they're big and tough, or they're preventing me from getting there. You know? right. Okay, so uh, card, a little bit of card choke, right? Mm -hmm. Pockets of resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, try to get set up before your opponent. I mean, obviously, that, it, it seems like you, we say these things in, in the back of my brain. I'm like, well, yeah, no, duh. Yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you know, guess what? If, if I'm outdrawing and outresourcing my opponent, and I'm set up before he is at all these other planets... You should win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. right. Doesn't matter what you're playing. Doesn't matter what your opponent's right. playing because your deck's right. clicking and theirs is not. Right. But to quantify that statement, you can never do everything at once. Right. Any good game, and particularly Conquest, is always okay. What am I most focusing on right now? You know, I've got I've got to do everything at once. But what what's my what do I if I have to when I have to make a hard decision because there will be one. Right. What do I worry about more? So and, that's, so and that's what we're saying because you know that's what we're saying with when you cho deny him cards. Yeah. Okay, great. It's it's a great to deny all the cards, but like you said, 
you know, I've got a void pirate. Do I cancel out your command to prevent you from drawing two cards? Or right. do I go ahead and say, well, I'm going to play him over at this other planet where I don't, I don't only normally get one resource or get one card. It's one of the weaker, weaker giving planets. But with the void pirate, I get the bonus. You know, right. I, I think, in, you know, I'm always of, maybe it's my aggressive style of play, but I'm always at the point of, I want to disrupt my opponent. I want to, I want to cancel out his command. It backfires because, you know, like, oh, I'll draw into my other units and my other command, and it, it, it doesn't, ha- sometimes it doesn't happen, but that's just, you know, why you play card games it, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, why you build decks to be able to, or, and why you play these decks, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I drew, I drew three of these resources in my opening hand, but I know I only have five in the deck, so most of it, all my other, all my stuff's coming, so, you know, having three resources, resources early is better now, so, you know, I'll keep that hand instead of normally mulliganing. You know, I want I want to disrupt my opponent. He's counting on getting those getting that resource. He's counting on getting those cards. If I can stop that, then I if I delay him for a turn, mm-hmm. totally, mm-hmm. totally. You know, uh, the, since, since we're talking about the void pirates, just before we move on, I have to mention my current favorite silly trick I've, I've picked up on the um, chaos, particularly Zarathera Nurgling bomb. I've found myself a tendency of as we do of putting out void pirates and rogue traders at various planets, and you might go, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna push this one. I'm gonna send the warlord there, say, to to make sure I get command. So I'll put one or two on a planet. And then, of course, the other warlord will go there. So what I tend to do is to Nurgling bomb it, pull them back, and next turn send them all with Zarathir elsewhere. So two or three Void Pirates and or Rogue, rogue Traders turn up somewhere to get me a huge boost of things. Oh, yeah. And each yeah. time I've done it, the opponent's kind of gone, Ooh, oh, okay. Because, you know, you bomb it, you can damage them around them. Well, cool. Back they'll come. Ready for later to fill this next planet. Yeah, and I mean... <laughs> yeah, the, yeah that true. trick's funny. A lot of yeah, time, yeah, a lot of... T- and Torquemada would eventually show up at the planet that I had the I had the Void Pirate out, and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you know, he's no longer a zero one. He is a plus three for my Warlord. Yeah. yeah if, I have that, a black, if I have a black ship mm-hmm. out, he's two Guardsmen now. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is why they made the freaking Imperial Fists card. Have you had that play against you yet? Not yet. Just <laughs> yesterday, um, Eric built a new Ragnar deck, and it's all, I'm going to put down a Void Pirate. Cool, I'm going to drop an Imperial... F- oh, yeah. Crap. What's that? an Imperial Fist? Um, Semba, return ally, route an ally unit when you deploy him. Oh, it's the anti-Void Pirate. It'll route all allies. And it's a 2-2, two, two, and it's one command. Wow. And, oh, it, uh, that's yeah, right. That's, that's a right. brand new That's a brand new game, game state right there, that little, that little guy. And then, um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, that's a good segue, I think, into mm-hmm. the what we think of the state of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts. I don't uh, want to put mine out there before I hear yours. <laughs> I I love it. Um, I think uh, the game has really grown into from being who's who gets the better unit at the at the planet that it was in the beginning. I think when sp- space marines, of course, are still strong, but I think why space marines were overwhelming. And why you know orcs weren't strong, astromilitarum weren't strong, because space marines pound for pound still have I think the better units per cost. Uh, that's that's one of their shticks. That's a deal. Yeah. Um, sure. So they don't need the combos. Now that you know some things are come have come along, it's like if you play straightforward like that, most other decks now are able to counter that play style, which I think is great. I also love the fact that my astromilitarum deck is is completely monofaction. Uh, there's enough cards now that not only can you play mono faction, but you can also it's it's a good mono faction. You're not just playing mono faction just to play mono faction. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, I'll include these cards that are kind of borderline or don't really fit the theme of my deck, like conscripts when I'm not playing a whole lot of supports because I have to have X amount of cards in in the deck. Right. It, it almost seems like it's it's almost for me. It's almost hard to include something else unless there's a clear card that mm-hmm. really helps you. 
in some cases, Ammo Depot in Chaos or Ammo mm-hmm. Depot in National Militarum, where you're playing, especially Cortez, where you're playing a lot of cards, you often have, you know, mm-hmm. you have a small hand, Ammo Depot works. But there's sometimes where you're just like, I don't want to bother. Right. right, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna bother. I'm not gonna bother playing non-tau attachments in Shadow Sun because yeah. I want to be able to mo- use his ability with every attachment I have, unless there's an amazing attachment. Yeah, I think I have a few Eldar. I have Warlock Destructor. I think I have Doom, <laughs> and that might be it for Actor. my splash. Right. <laughs> So, yeah. I, I think you, you're bang on right. Allies are becoming allies. They're becoming a small supporting part of what you're doing, or the one card that's not in faction because it's the essential part of the plan. You know, you're doing small units with staging ground. You know, right. Um, I do think there's a lot of um, move, and I think the cards have encouraged this in general towards the smaller efficient units. And as we're getting towards a, a competitive part of the year, I'm seeing more and more of those kind of decks around. That's just the nature of the beast. This kind of mm-hmm. unit heavy card game. You you always you're always going to trade off your one cost. Less on a card to, versus how good it is. You know the reason the Walt Destructor is so powerful is that three cost with his getting down early. Um, I think we're seeing a, a heck of a lot more. Um, I the tactical variation. I mean the deck, the decks, the deck, the deck designs are exploding. I can think of two major um, on she ones. I can think of so many different marine style ones. Marine with ranged. Marine focusing on Astro Militarum. Um, uh, Kachan style kill tricks. Um, I'm build. I started building something the other day that I realized someone else already put together. Of course, which was a staging ground Ragnar deck. It was ever, uh, all in on one plan. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're seeing tons and yep. tons more of this. Yeah. You know, and since everyone started to get their, since we got this like five packs in, everyone's getting similar toys. The what I keep referring to as warlord cards. Mm-hmm. Once again, they're plus two with a. With a with a warlord nearby, right? Which Everybody's is, got those, which is much. part of their part of the you know obviously well, the cycle. Yeah, we haven't heard confirmation, but it's obviously part of the warlord cycle, right? We're having yep. those things mm-hmm. now. Um, now, having said that, the designs are going small. I've seen spoilers, and we keep seeing big guys come out. Fire mm-hmm. Drake Terminators was in the was in the latest pack, right? It's a five cost two command icon three six, a soldier salamander elite. After this unit is declared as a defender, deal one damage to the attacker. So we're seeing some of these big, I mean, Mighty Wraith Knight. I, yeah. I have him right here, right? He's a six-cost Eldar, two-icon, five-five. Mm-hmm. After this unit enters play, exhaust each non-spirit unit yeah. of this planet. I mean, holy yeah, that's, moly, that's right? the kind of deal. They're, ast- they're astounding. The yeah. effects are amazing. But six is hard to pull off. Yeah. I mean... Uh, in the game against you, I told you, I showed you in Conclave, I said, I have my broadside, <laughs> and I have attachments, but I, I, I was always like, I have eight resources, and I'm not sure I want to spend six on a broadside, right? I'm like, I, I, I have other cards in my hand that I could play, boom, 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 I could play three cards, or a broadside. <laughs> like, ah, I gotta play three cards. Right. I hit this with a Chaos deck recently, where you know you immediately go, okay, how do I get small, efficient units in? But then I ended up with four Two, two gleeful play police to two bloodletters because they're so strong. There's still a place for those units. Mm-hmm. There's no argument oh, yeah. at all. There's still a place. But it is the effects we're starting to see and the, the prices on some of these. We're supposed to be seeing a, a, um, a Keeper of Secrets unit in the next pack and it's seven, I think. Oh, I haven't seen anything else about it. Well, there's the a big bad Astra Militarum gun? Yeah. That's a seven cost. Is it really? Holy seven God. cost. It was spoiled by one of the other podcasts, I think First Planet. Uh... And they, it, it's Is it this the shrieking, the shrieking basilisk? 
Oh, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, It's a long range artillery piece. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun. Like oh, you, like I think it's yeah. a, it's a five six or a five. I mean, it's massive, and it's like when it damages a unit, you exhaust the support card. Right? Okay, wow. that's fantastic. You know, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. I was, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm. Complete caveat. I like. I. I'm yeah. not sure that's the effect, but it's something big like that. Well, if that's right, that's great because there's so many atrocious supports around. We were talking about how much support destruction has to come in. Right. The Eldar ones for taking away um, card abilities and removing bonuses from planets. Yeah. You know, from playing that Eldar in the in our local meta, there's a lot of annoyance about that. Cathajan outposts, staging grounds, black ships, Onshi's um, orbital city. You know, all those are great candidates for no. Yeah, using that right, right, and then um, you know Death Skull Lures is in the Yorks, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of play there, yeah. so I don't know if we're going to see many. I mean, I'm having problems playing a six cost guy. Yeah. What am I going to do? Play seven, right? So, I think what, what are the cost reducers. Well, right? you know me, yeah, exactly. Me and my and my janky combo, janky combos that I, I love. You know, I can see playing a deck where. You know, we talked about things like uh, the cost reducers, how and how they're limited, and and they're unique. So we feel that you know they're uniquely limited. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe those are coming back. Where it's like if you can get that in play early with the uh, cost reducers, the, they're unique, they're limited. But if you get them early, you want to be able to use them every turn, and you want to be able to, because if you can drop bigger units, especially early. They're going to be uh, harder to deal with, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so you know, maybe now we're seeing—is this the comeback of Promethean Mine? You know th- that you're playing it because you're, you're not playing it to get that one resource. You're playing it. I could see myself playing out of Promethean Mine, and then just kind of keeping those resources as I'm taking them off during the phases off to the side, going, "Okay, this is not really in my pool until I get to Planet Four, until I get to my Wind Planet." Because then I've got my four resources, or I've got three resources where I'm going to be able to play my Mighty Wraith Knight. You know, it's a bank. It's yeah. not something to to kind of. It's not drip economy. Um, I am putting this here, and I'm going to make sure I, you know, hell or high water, I am going to save that for this play at this planet at this time. Right. No, that that actually is kind of cool. You've hit, hit on two points I was going to mention myself. Number one is um, with the newer guys playing with um, you know one core set and a bunch of different packs, which is the way most people are starting now, is I do see the cost reducers. And you know, prevailing wisdom is you don't use those. There are better things to well, use. Well, that's our prevailing wisdom. Exactly, that's right? what I'm saying. Prevailing <laughs> wisdom. I'm not saying it's correct as such, but prevailing, prevailing wisdom is you For don't us. use reducers because people go, no, there's better things to use. So you know, the new guys put them down like, oh, it's one of those. And then you see it come in and think, okay, the efficiency's not dreadful there. So no, you know, we, we need to go back and remind ourselves that these aren't necessarily dreadful things to use. Um, similar things with like Promethean Mine. One of the guys I'm playing with Reg used Promethean Mine. Again, prevailing wisdom is no, don't use that card. There's other things, there are better things to use. Of course, as you as you said there, there are ways to go and make use of it, and maybe we're seeing things that help that. Now, the other part of what you said there is I kind of want to ask everyone a question. How often do you hit a point where you go, I have tons of money, all the cards I want, and I'm not going to play anything. I'm going to sit here and leave and pass this turn till next, and then, or immediately the turn after, and then. Blaze low stuff out. I I hit that regularly. I hit that point where I have six six resources. I think I have plenty on the table, mm-hmm. right? And I will just bide my time because maybe the first planet isn't a win for me, 
right? Maybe it's second planet two and three, and I, or I know we're going to go three more planets because of the way things have fallen. Mm -hmm. And maybe the third planet is, you know, the, the sixth. So we ha we've been in the game for a while, and I have the resources. And I'm like, you know what? I got control, or at least I got at least enough control here that I can let you go, and maybe you'll reveal something of your plans to me. So that it, it, it happens regularly. I can't give you a quad, yeah, you know, no. percentage, but it happens regularly where I say, you know what? I got three resources. I could go boom, 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 and play these three other guys. But you know what? I'm set. I'm good. And maybe I want to save my resources for an event that I'm going to draw during the command struggle to play. Now, I so. ask this because I basically had a learning moment in the tournament on Sunday, which is I realized that's exactly what I should have done. I got into that mindset, oh, I have got my cards and money for this turn. I must use my cards and money for this turn. Mm -hmm. go, you know, you know, uh, maybe it's old hand size habits from other games. No, these things have to get out of hand, I'm going to lose them. No, I should have sat there and waited just one turn and then blitz everything with extra cards and, and things, right. money. Yeah, I, I, I'm still learning um, because there were, in, in the final game we played, uh, there were 16 units at the last planet. <laughs> yeah, at that point, you don't, you don't yeah, have to play I mean, you know, Nurgling bomb. Yeah, Nurgling bomb or Orb Storm would have wiped everything out. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't need to have that many. Right, right. Um, now, granted, have, granted, a lot of that ended up there because I had so many units on the board that when I took him there with Torquemada, he came back to HQ and everything else stayed there. But, <laughs> yeah. you, know, I, you know, I walk into Doom all the time. I, wa I walked into it in the tournament. I walk into Warpstorm all the time. I walk because I'm an aggressive player. Where it's like, aha, you know, I've got a Mystic Warden. I need to put this out now, even though it's a zero cost, because then he'll be there later. Yeah. It's like, well, he doesn't do. It's zero cost. It doesn't do me any any good at the planet now, and it doesn't hurt me to play him later. Yeah. Right. Um, the only right. thing that would happen would be maybe I get a hit with a discard, and that unit goes away. But then again. You know that that's that could I should be thinking that's protection for the unit. I really I don't want to lose the henchman, so I need to, if I have if I've only got one card in hand and he's a henchman, I get hit with a discard. Guess what? You're losing the henchman. But if you have two cards in hand, well, you got a 50-50 shot of of keeping the one you want. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a great point. Great point you have there, Carl. I I have a play, as a player still have to recognize that point. Like I don't need to overkill. And maybe, right. that, maybe you know, that's one of the beautiful things I do like about Conquest because you can see, uh, especially when you're behind the curve, because you get those units like you get the AOE that's going to wipe the board, wipe your opponent's board, or you get you get the the suppressive fire out of Militarum, or you or you get the drop pot assault, um, and you're able to drop your AOE one and you have those surprises. So in Conquest is really one of the game. Everything can turn on. Just one planet, one initiative, one action, where a card hits the table, and you're like, "Wow, that's the thing that's going <laughs> to screw me." Yeah, you know, Doom hits me in the oh, I lose everybody. <laughs> yeah, Warpstorm yeah. hits me. It's like, like oh, you know. do you want to play your resources? Do you want to spend your resources to play something out there that isn't necessarily critical now? So right, so maybe you, it's 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 the push and pull. Yeah. Of the game, right? Yeah. It's the push and pull of the game. Maybe, maybe that what promotes you from being a fun player to being a good player when you can recognize that instantly. You know, you become maybe you become those elite players that are that are the, the, constantly in worlds. The game, the game, you know, the game has a rhythm, and the game, <clears throat> and like you're saying, that it is. I think it is a development thing to go. I first thing you learn is okay, how can I get my units out efficiently? 
Then the second thing you learn is when to get your units out efficiently. I think a big realization for me, particularly with that Zarathur one, there's so many things that want to explode and go away in the limited, or they want the lethal play beast wants to sit at a particular place, annoying the opponent. And I haven't got the swing on those guys. When do you drop a blood letter? That's easy. When everything has to die. <laughs> but other than that, when you absolutely positively have to, to kill everything at the planet, every mofo in the room, except yeah. no substitute. That's it. So I'm calling. I'm calling and, it the AK-47. And you so. have initiative, <laughs> and you're not playing Astra Militarum because they will play that suppressive fire, yeah. or they oh, will play yeah. that, oh, yeah. the the. The range card, which preemptive, I always preemptive, preemptive barrage, preemptive oh, yeah. barrage, yeah, and, and I, I, all of a sudden <laughs> you're like, yeah, I just spent five <laughs> resources on something that's gonna die, <laughs> you know, before you even get to use yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, and and then, and then there's also, so so, I've, I've had some moments in the last hour uh, where I wanted to say this, and so I think this is the this is the best place for me for from a personal standpoint. I think the ga- state of the game is uh, pretty strong. For myself, like you guys have to learn how, to, like you've said, you know how to when when to hold back. I have to learn to just get used to playing against chaos. <laughs> and uh, Dave, Dave, and my opponent who played Dave last played chaos. I, I I just I don't think I like playing chaos. I I know I don't like playing against chaos. I just I loathe it. I loathe it, right? And I don't know why I loathe it. I, I loathe it because it's it, it forces me to play differently. I, mm-hmm. And I was trying to, and, and uh, the list, you know, regular listeners of the podcast will know that we all three of us play Netrunner, and it's I guess it's the kind I, it will come in time. I will grow a thick skin, and I will be like, yeah, I'm playing chaos, whatever. I got to expect the unexpected. Just like when I was playing um, uh, Netrunner early in those early days, where Scorched Earth. Before Plaskrete Carapace came out, for those of you who play Netrunner, you know what I'm talking about. Before the Plaskrete came out, which was the response to Scorched Earth, which was a core set card, I used to play Netrunner and be like, really? Scorched Earth? Really? Really? And I really used to just hate losing. And it was a perfectly viable way to win, right? But I used to hate losing to it. And now, like Chaos, I'm realizing I feel the same way about playing Chaos and losing to Chaos. (laughs) How can you play Chaos? How can you play Scorch Earth? That's just, uh, and I don't, it's funny because I played Chaos early on. I haven't lately, but I played Chaos early on. And so that's my growth that I look forward to having over the next, you know, whatever it may be. Like, now, you know, you, you now in Netrunner, you, you just assume Scorched in certain decks, right? You just like, yeah, I got to play around it. So now you've got, got to assume chaos in certain decks. You've got to play around it. Well, I think when you talk about state of the game, that's a good point to bring up. In the same way that Scorched Earth has defined the Netrunner meta, we're now hitting the point where things are defining the Conquest meta, which means it's growing. Mm-hmm. People go, okay, is the Dark Eldar guy going to be sniping cards out my hand? Is he focused on recover- recursing events con- you know, continuously? What I have an idea of what he's planning, so I can plan around it. Is Tokamada going to be swamping me with staging mm-hmm. ground tricks? Is he focusing on one big Katashan nuke? You know, right. that kind of thing. Is is the is the um, the the guy who puts down Kato opposite me? Okay, so is this going to be a simple swarm of space marines, or is he going to have some ranged tau tricks? You now we've now all of us I think, and the, the game has developed to the point where we now start to see those patterns in play. Yeah, so it, I'm thinking. It, hold on, the meta, the meta game. It, it, there's enough cards and enough different types out there now. Um, that it satisfies every player's play style. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobin is a very, as your re- one of your regular opponents, you are a very controlled player, and you look for the knife thrust, if if that makes sense. You know, this is, 
I, I I'm battling with my opponent, and then I you know you, you give me an opening, and I carefully and and insert quite gleefully blade. insert the blade <laughs> in you. I am the kind of I am the guy that hits you repeatedly tries to hit you over the head with a bat. You yeah. know, that's my play yeah. style. That's why I like Chaos. That's why I like Orcs. That's why I like yeah. Astro Militarum. I'm a big, blunt tool, and I'm just coming straight forward at you. So Yeah, I'm, you know. I'm more of a control stealth player. I, wa I want to come at you, and then all of a sudden, I want to be like, here it is, here it is. Oh, oh gosh. And, you know, and put I the knife in and twist it. Yeah, yeah. I always feel bad when, when we want to talk about Tau or Eldar or Dark Eldar and oh this is you know playing this deck and everything I don't play those decks <laughs> I, I need to build them and I need to play them to become a better player I, I definitely think that if you, especially if you can play a deck well that's out of your comfort zone one you're going to understand it better so when you sit down across from it right, right? how my strategy yes I want to take you out of your game everything but if I sit across from a from a, uh, a Eldar player if I sit across from a Tau player if I sit across from Dark Eldar I don't really know what's going to happen because I don't know those cards. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to hit you so hard and so fast to make you keep, keep you off balance and reacting to me. That's how I'm going to win. Right. And that's how I build my decks. Okay. All right. And so. if, if I can extend the metaphor here and it help, help people get an idea of the guys around the table, um, I would say I'm a shield and sword guy. Mm -hmm. I want to have a contingency for both plans to a degree. I might vary. The, the, the one-hand weapon over here might be a hammer or a sword or even a dagger occasionally, but basically it's something to hit you with and something to stop you hitting me because I don't want to feel either side is, is weaker. I don't like the idea of going, no, I'm going to back off on that plan because I'm focusing on this one. But what if that happens? I'm a contingencies person. Yeah, no, right, no. Right. I, 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 yeah, yeah I definitely see that because yeah. you, yeah. you build your decks and it's very well, well balanced. I mean, you're, you're when we matched up at, at this latest tournament, you... My whole idea, my whole thing is, I'm going to get more units out and faster than you can. Well, you had, you had all of a sudden, you had big, you had, you matched me unit for unit, and your units were bigger. Well, I lost. Yeah, that's you know. Yeah. And then the rubber match, it's like I, again, I had my straightforward, and I, and I had, I think, you know, I had a better, better flow. You were trying, trying to catch, catch up to me, and and I think, and uh, eventually, you know, I just, I wore you out because we went to the long game, and I was able to survive most of your tricks early on. Mm -hmm. You know, totally, so. Totally. Yep. Yeah, so so that I think I think the state of the game is strong, um, the, the and and I think what shows the clarity of the game is the fact was released a little bit more than a month ago, and to me it it confirmed things. It confirmed things we already knew. We had already got, got gotten clarification on Card Game DB um, from some of the folks there. Um, gotten clarification um, through and through other ways, but it clarified things like moving area effect and armor bane, which. People are still, you know, I was, maybe this podcast was on the cutting edge of that mistake, <laughs> right? But, but people have, I've seen continue, almost continuously, which shows that people are entering the game because they come in, the new player comes in, th you know, in three or four games in, they say, hey, does area effect work with Armor Bane, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so, but the fact confirmed things that uh, a player that was paying attention already knew. Yeah. And so that speaks to the clarity uh of the literis, literally literacy, I don't know, the literal terms. The game is still fairly complex. Timing issues, the, the, the way to master it, I think, especially timing-wise, is a, is a fairly steep curve. Uh, but there is uh, a good, clear way. And if, if you can train the new folks to 
it the cards are literal. If it doesn't say move, it doesn't say move, right? If you might be, it might be move might be a synonym for taking this card over here and putting it in this area, but you're returning to HQ. You're not moving to HQ, right? You're returning to HQ. So the, the FAQ was an FAQ. It wasn't an errata. It wasn't a patch to rules that were that had problems. It Absolutely. Was, this is just making clear exactly so. With the, with the newer guys recently, I get it all the time. What's an ally? Well, it says it's not a keyword. Oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. it. No problem. Yeah, that's not, it. Not, not that mm-hmm. it's, some, it's not a something you've allied with, because the book mentions that you have an yeah, ally, ally faction. No, it's an ally card. Yeah. Right. We've. This is episode nine. We've done nine of these things. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoyed the others. Uh, we love doing this. It is addictive and I have missed it uh, we you know we delayed and delayed and delayed and we it couldn't be helped I had work issues John was sick on the original scheduling on the original schedule and then I just work started swamping me so uh, we love doing this we want to keep doing this we want to ask uh, for your help and how to s- help us spread the love of conquest I will be actually in Tulsa at Team Covenant this weekend for their Netrunner regional so I'm going to bring some conquest materials to try to market us, uh, ironically, at the physical store that for which their website is where we are hosted. So I want to do a little bit of that. I don't know. Maybe they already do it. I don't know. But to that end, we want to help. You, we want to ask your aid in helping us uh, spread the love of this 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 game uh, and, and the podcast. So to that end, we're asking for a few favors um, for those that use iTunes. Uh, please leave and give us a rating and review on iTunes as it makes it much easier for people to find us there. Um, for those on Twitter, we are on Twitter. We're Traxxas Sector WC on Twitter. We ask that you follow us and retweet us. Uh, mostly, I, I usually mostly just announce the episode. So uh, particularly those episode announcements, we know some of you already do this, and that's awesome. I, I, I'm tickled pink and really, yes, thank you so much. really... Really humbled when that happens. Um, it's such a small thing, but I'm really tickled pink when when that happens. If you're on Facebook, please like our page and uh, and follow us so that you can see what we're doing. And um, <laughs> you know, you could if you like our page and follow us, we will make sure to never ever ever post a cat video. And you may so that you know we're, we'll post videos <laughs> of 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 uh, slightly older men doing slightly stupid things with slightly colorful cards, uh, but no cats, okay? And then, of, of course, visit us on Team Covenant, uh, on the Team Covenant site, and throw in the business when you can. We understand that everybody wants to support their friendly local game store. Uh, if you have particular uh, purchases you'd like to make from them, go for it. Um, they're a great bunch of the guys. Uh, they have great products and are deserving of our support and your support, okay? Um, and then, thank, lastly, uh, keep listening. Keep commenting, keep adding to the conversation. Um, whether you do any or all of these things we have asked for, uh, we'll keep doing this podcast for as long as we keep loving it. And um, we have a plan to keep going. The summer, the summer will mean that we slow down a little bit, but we have some great things happening before we enter that summer period. We'll be sure and go to. We are going to Gen Con. Um, we are holding local tournaments and local leagues. Um, and I hope to see a lot of you at Gen Con. Um, we're trying to figure out what to do for T-shirts so we can be easily identifiable because 
Um, John and I tend to blend in with the crowd. <laughs> so we need to wear, like, you know, hot pink Traxxas Sector Warcast t-shirts. See, I wear hot pink anyway. <laughs> <laughs> see, see this, this, this is what he proves you guys. Are, your, only, your only 40K contact has been with the card game. Because it's easy. If you want to stick out in the crowd 40K-wise, you need extremely tall hats and huge shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> this is well, the bigger the, the hat, the more important you are. There was a guy are. dressed as a space marine last year, uh, an ultra uh, an ultramarine space... La- and he looked like he was six feet tall, and he had this full, mm-hmm. fully molded armor. It was amazing. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it was great. Um, so so uh, please help us out um, in any way you can, and um, we'll appreciate it. I'm going to throw in a little bit as well. Um, over at the Haunted Game Cafe where we're recording, we are getting a very nice pickup of players. We had our first organized tournament that John and I were at on Sunday, and... As you always hope with the first tournament, there was at least one guy who went, oh, hey, you pay Conquest. We do. <laughs> Come down and play Conquest. Please. We're getting Excellent. more and more people in this area. We we do so well with our other card games, with our living card games from Fancy Flight and other things like that. So, yeah, come if you're in vaguely in the area, come on down. We're generally playing. So. Thanks to Team Covenant for hosting this Warcast and to Haunted Game Cafe for the recording space. If you would like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at TraxisSectorWarcast at gmail.com. That's TraxisSectorWarcast at gmail.com. Via our Facebook page or Twitter at TraxisSectorWC, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. The Emperor Protects. Blood for the blood god. <laughs> you want to say blood for the blood god? I'll bring it in there. Yeah, blood for the blood god. Uh, I've been chaosing like a mad person. <laughs>